0: Thank side. Side. you, left side.
1: Left side. Right, so, right. Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side. Here with Cat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. You know, we we've we had to jump on and do a show here because something we did not expect to see happen this past Thursday. Ryan Tannehill. Injures his knee again, something we didn't expect. And the new Miami Dolphins starting quarterback is Jay Cutler. Who would have thought that this would have happened, would have happened a week ago,
2: Paul? Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And I, I'm not surprised that Miami went with Jay Cutler. I'm hoping since they got Jay Cutler, on um, make no mistakes, it's a one-year rental, one-year $10 million with a few incentives thrown on top. This gives Ryan a chance to, if the surgery is something he needs at some point, go out, get the surgery get a chance to get right, be back for next season, and they don't really lose a beat here going with Jay Cutler. They've still got Matt Moore to back him up, and really it sets the Dolphins up for long term with Ryan Tannehill. I know a lot of folks are talking about the out clause that the Dolphins have in this contract. He's not going anywhere unless the surgery gets botched or if they feel he needs it and he refuses to have the surgery and they don't think his knee is going to hold up. Those are the only two scenarios that you see them out from Tannehill's contract here.
1: Yeah, it is a one-year, $10 million deal. And pretty much, for me, if the Dolphins were going to bring somebody back, a no-brainer. Jay Cutler, with Adam Gase in 2015 with the Chicago Bears a quarterback rating of 92.3, 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Some would argue not a very good offense, not a very good team, and that those numbers were a little bit overinflated. But nobody's ever questioned Jay Cutler's arm strength, and and he did have production in 2015 there with the Bears. Paul, my question to you is, if the Dolphins were going to sign somebody, would you have preferred it was Jay Cutler, or would you rather have them look at Colin Kaepernick or Brock Osweiler or somebody else in the league?
2: For me, uh, this is kind of a two-part answer here. It's the first part is I do trust Gase's judgment, particularly when it comes to quarterbacks. So if Gase felt Colin Kaepernick was the better choice, I'd trust him with that. If he felt Jay Cutler was the better choice, I trust him with that too. So given Miami's weakness in the middle of their line right now, or question marks, depending on how you want to look at it. I could see a case for Kaepernick, given the fact that he has a much better ability to scramble, get outside the pocket, et cetera. But Gase trusts Cutler to come in and make those plays from, from the quarterback position that he's expecting. So for me, I, I'm totally, totally good with it. I do want to go back to one thing you just mentioned about the 2015 Chicago Bears. They had some pretty good running backs in, in Jeremy Langford, et cetera, and their receiving core was okay. They had Alshon Jeffrey, who, let's face it, he w- he was amazing. But then their second-best receiver was Eddie Royal and a whole bunch of extras after that. They had nothing at the tight end position. So Jay Cutler put up some decent numbers in Gase's offense with arguably a less skilled stable of position players around him than Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, Julius Thomas, Anthony Fasano, Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake, Damian Williams, Marquise Gray. So he's coming in with all the tools to be successful. He throws a decent deep ball, and you've got Parker and Stills on the outside. So he does have the ability to be that placeholder in this offense as they go down the stretch here.
1: Yeah, I don't think it is arguable that uh, the Bears uh, have had a worse offensive cast in 2015 than the Dolphins do now because yeah if the if the Bears were at full strength that would have been one thing in 2015 but they didn't have Brandon Marshall anymore Alshon Jeffrey was out the most of the season Marcellus Bennett missed five games Matt Forte missed three games it, it was really Cutler holding that group together now I still look at Cutler and think, okay, where is he as far as the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL? Probably not very high on that list, probably lower than what Ryan Tannehill was. But if the Dolphins are going to have a fighting shot this year, they they need a capable NFL quarterback. Whether or not that would have been Matt Moore is is one thing. But for me, it it wasn't even necessarily with Matt Moore, him being a, a starter, better than Jay, than Jay Cutler. I, I, I know we'll disagree on this. I think Matt Moore would have, would have done just as good or better of a job than Jay Cutler. But the other problem is here, too, is is Matt Moore at 33 years old going to survive 16 games behind this offensive line? And then he may just be one game away or one injury away from Brandon Doughty being your starting quarterback.
2: Yeah, and while we may disagree uh, on Matt Moore, I don't think either of us is going to disagree on the fact that having Cutler one more two is a hell of a lot better scenario going into the season than having Matt Moore number one and Brandon Dowdy number two. I, I, think we, I think we can both agree on that fact. So I do think Moore would have done okay, but I think you look at what he did in the scrimmage the other day. He went five of six. He had a long touchdown, but he also threw a pick six to Zavian Howard. And I don't want to take anything away from Xavier Howard here. But that's, again, the microcosm of what you're going to see from Matt Moore. He's going to have his, his superior plays, he's going to take his chances, and then he's going to have his inferior plays where he essentially lops a ridiculous pick in the worst possible scenario at times. So, you know, it, it's, it's up and down, and Jay Cutler may do the same thing. But I just – I like the deep ball from Cutler – I think he could be okay. And Cutler's not a guy that I have liked in the past leading up to this. You know, you and I have talked about this Phillip rivers and Jay Cutler were the two quarterbacks that, personality wise, always annoyed the living hell out of me. So, but we, we got to back him here. It's he, he is the dolphin shot at returning to the playoffs as we stand right now.
1: Yeah. Adam Gase was asked about that. And he basically said, you know, I know Jay Cutler personally, and I I've
2: always thought it was
1: a bunch of BS and yeah, I I think that if you look back at his tele, his, uh, his press conferences a couple of years ago when he was with Denver, when he was in, when he started out with Chicago, yeah, he looked like a complete douchebag uh, when he was there at the press conferences. I, I I thought he tamed that down a little bit in the last couple of years, which is a good thing. Yeah, and and the interesting thing with Adam Gase, is this is a sign of the trust that Dolphins fans have of Adam Gase. If Joe Philbin had made a move like this. Tannehill went down and he scraped Jay Cutler out of retirement. I will assure you, Dolphins fans would be flipping their lid and right for himself.
2: Well, to be fair, Joe Philbin would have probably scraped Tad Lewis off the street. But in all fairness, though, too, (laughs) you you mentioned what Gase had to say about Jay Cutler. I'll point to another thing. I I retweeted it out on Twitter, but Jason Leiser had a really good article where he sat down with Jermon Bushrod, who played with Cutler up in uh, Chicago. And this follows hot on the heels of Omar Kelly going on NFL Live and basically bashing the Dolphins and saying the locker room was already a Matt Moore locker room anyway and the locker room's divided and Jay Cutler, yada, yada, yada. Story, 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 get me some web clicks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that Omar Kelly had to say there. Jason Weiser went out and and he sat down with Jermon Bushrod, interviewed him particularly about Jay Cutler. And Jermon Bushrod basically said, And I'm paraphrasing here, he's a good teammate. A lot of the things you see out in the media aren't correct about Cutler. He's a guy that Jermon Bushrod's 100% behind them signing and bringing in here. And he said that before the Dolphins actually went out and signed Cutler. So for me, that speaks volumes because one of the problems I always had with Cutler was I'm all for a quarterback going after their offensive line and pumping them up, but it was watching the way that Cutler went after his offensive line at times, especially in Chicago. Justifiable or no, I didn't like the way he went about it. So for Javon Bushrod to be behind this move before it's even made, that sells it for me here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see some of that. Uh, an update on the contract here, one year, $10 million, but $5 million of that is a base salary. $5 million is in bonuses, up to $3 million more in incentives. So this isn't just a straight $1-year, $10 million contract. I actually would have been fine with Matt Moore being the Dolphins' starting quarterback and for the Dolphins to have gotten somebody like a Chase Daniel in a trade. I would have preferred that because I don't think all that much of, of Cutler, but I am way happier with this here than I would have been with Colin Kaepernick. I mean, uh, Omar Kelly uh, you know, also said as well, and the only reason I'm even bringing this up is because he said what a lot of other people feel is that this isn't a football decision. This is about politics. No, it's not. Jay Cutler played for Adam Gates. And yeah, I'm sorry, but Colin Kaepernick opened his stupid, uneducated mouth when he was here in Miami last year when they played the Dolphins, wore Fidel Castro shirts supporting him with a giant Cuban population. So yeah, I don't blame, even if it were, a non-football decision, which it wasn't, then it still was a good mood because for the Dolphins, they're not going to alienate that amount of their fan base over a guy like Colin Kaepernick, who is not going to lead you to more wins anyway. So I'm satisfied with this, relieved it's not Kaepernick, relieved it's not Brock Osweiler. And so we'll we'll see where we go from here. Paul, uh, looking at this too.
2: Just one quick thing, and it's a question I just want to ask you here because it's, it's something that I put out there. And I really believe if they were looking to move on from Ryan Tannehill with this scenario, I think they would have signed Jay Cutler to a two-year deal. It would have been the one-year here to be that fill-in quarterback, and then it would have been that second year to groom whoever they look to draft next year in the draft, and it would have been a first-round quarterback at that point in time. No offense to Matt Moore, no offense to Jay Cutler, but it would have been that one-year fill-in, that one-year placeholder, essentially, while they got somebody up to speed. I don't know if you feel the same way on that or
1: not. Yeah, it's possible. And also, Jay Cutler's 34 years old, and he's playing with Adam Gase again, who he had success with. So the team also might be thinking that, say, Cutler does have a have a really good year with the Dolphins and can be considered to be the starting quarterback in 2018, which, again, we're getting way too ahead of ourselves in thinking that. But I, I don't see why Cutler would want to leave. Uh, and, and the Dolphins would have to lo- look for a long-term player at the quarterback position. I, I think it's headed down that road anyway where the Dolphins are probably going to have to. We've got a lot of time as well to talk about Ryan Tannehill, the impact this has on his future with the Dolphins because they can get out of his contract after the 2017 season. Where, And now you think about it, in 2018, by September 2018, he's going to be 21 months removed from the last time he threw a football. So, That's going to factor in as well.
2: And one thing I I definitely want to put out there is you look at what we've been saying on the show here probably for the past few years. I think this really emphasizes the fact that Miami needs to be taking a quarterback a little more frequently in the draft and prioritizing it, not to replace Tannehill. If he comes back healthy and he is what he is, great. They still need to be prioritizing that back because they kind of got caught with their pants down here with this Tannehill situation. And in all years, in a year they shouldn't have because of the fact that he was coming off injury last year. All hopes and all signs pointed towards his knee being good to go. But essentially, it, it's a scenario where you got to always be grooming that backup quarterback scenario like they do up in New England, like they do a lot of places. So you don't get caught with your pants down if Tannehill goes down again. And now it, it does speak volumes the fact that they really were not ready to roll with just Matt Moore and Brandon Dowdy being the two there. And they had to go out and spend $10 million in cap space, give or take, based upon the incentives, et cetera, because they weren't ready. They, they, it was that, oh, crap, what do we do now moment? And you shouldn't be in that scenario, especially at the most important position on your team.
1: Yeah, see, I, I I can see it in a couple of different ways. Number one, I think the Dolphins handled the quarterback spot pre-Tannehill injury the way every team does. They had their starting quarterback, they had a very good backup quarterback, and they had a developmental guy. But I agree with the way we look at quarterback. If I'm an NFL team, I'm keeping three, maybe even four quarterbacks on the roster every year, and I'm drafting one every year for this exact reason you can't go into a season without the quarterback position addressed and even if the Dolphins had gone into the season with Matt Moore starting you're one injury away from Brandon Dowdy who who really frankly shouldn't be on an NFL roster at this point the question I ask myself though too is why are the Dolphins spending 15 to 18 million dollars on Matt Moore as they have the last five years combined, if when your starting quarterback goes down, you're not even willing to put him in and have him start. So that that's something that could go either way. But a much happier Jay Cutler is on this roster than Kaepernick or Brock Osweiler, two players that I don't think can play.
2: I think really what they're paying Matt Moore that interesting fee for is to be that guy that can fill in for a handful of drives if need be, to be that guy that can fill in for a game or two if need be. but I don't think, and I think this speaks volumes based on the move that they made in getting Cutler. I don't think they see him as that guy that's going to get you 16, 18 games a season anymore. I think he's he's a capable backup that can fill in for a drive or two or a game or two, but he's just too sporadic to be an entire season quarterback. So, Paul,
1: uh, the million-dollar question here now is, I I know you were predicting the Dolphins somewhere around 10 or 11 wins. with Ryan Tannehill a quarterback? Does this change your prediction, and if so, by how much?
2: I think rather than saying 10 or 11 wins, I still put Miami right around the 10-win mark. I think the skill position players around Jay Cutler are too damn good to basically fail at this point based on the skill set that he has. I think they can still win 10 games. I think they can still make the playoffs. It's going to be a tough road, but I think they can still get there. They might have to ride the trio in that backfield, in Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake, and Damian Williams, a little bit harder than initially planned. But I, I think they really can get there if Devontae Parker can be that player that, that we expect him to turn into this year.
1: I was on a show earlier today, and I, I said pre-Tannehill 9-7. and seven. I'm going to drop that by, by two wins. My my prediction right now is going to be somewhere around 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight for the year. Again, I'm a Dolphins fan. I hope it's much better, but yeah, it does take it down a little bit for me. So the Dolphins season has really been thrown a loop here, just as we're a little bit less than five weeks away actually five weeks away on the nose from the start of the Dolphins regular season against the Tampa Bay Bucks. You can follow us throughout the season on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Watch our future segments here as Paul and I are going to take a look at the Miami Dolphins 53-man roster. Who's in, who's out. And if it's not on the right side, if it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us home.
0: It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left, left, left side for the right, right, right side, and it must right be the fifth line. Line. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land, all tuning in to see what.